Connects talks connects professionals in the life science, medical device, and food industries with useful content like webinars, job openings, articles, and virtual meetings to help you succeed in your career. This life science-focused podcast brings together some of our editorial staff to share insights into the latest B2B industry news to keep you up to date. This week on the show, we are discussing Eli Lilly's $1.5 billion investment into new manufacturing facilities and InBody's new at-home blood pressure machine. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Xtalks Life Science Podcast. I'm Aisha Rashid, Senior Life Science Journalist at Xtalks.com, and this week I'm joined by Sydney Perlmutter and Vera Kovacevic. Thank you for coming today. I'm going to start us off with a story today about a new at-home blood pressure monitoring machine. So a company called InBody has released its new BP-170 consumer at-home blood pressure monitor that allows people to track their blood pressure in real time. And of course, this is important because blood pressure can fluctuate throughout the day. So InBody's real-time blood pressure monitoring machine can capture these oscillations and fluctuations, and it generates reports that the individual and their healthcare provider can assess, again, in real time. So the BP-170 is an at-home automatic blood pressure monitor that utilizes the oscillometric method to accurately produce blood pressure measurements. Now, this oscillometric technique involves automated oscillometric measurements of blood pressure by uh, measuring the mean arterial pressure, which is then used to calculate the systolic and diastolic blood pressure using an algorithm. So most clinical settings now use automated oscillometric-based devices to measure blood pressure compared to the more traditional uh, oscillatory method, which involves a mercury um, manometer and a stethoscope. Real-time blood pressure monitoring, uh, so this uh, new real-time blood pressure monitoring device from InBody has a one-touch cuff that individuals place onto one arm, and then the reading is initiated with the touch of a button on the machine. The system then generates a digital health report within just a few minutes, and users can access that on a large display, or they can access it right in the palm of their hand on their cell phone. And this is because the device can be synced to the in-body mobile app on uh, cell phones, and this allows individuals to track their blood pressure readings in real time throughout the day, and they will be alerted of any significant changes that occur through the app. InBody says that their BP-170 at-home blood pressure monitor fulfills the requirements of the Association for the Advancement of Medical Instrumentation uh, in Europe, uh, according to their universal standard ISO. And so the BP-170 blood pressure device, as I mentioned, generates, of course, blood pressure data, um, and it generates it based on various metrics. And this can help users evaluate signs of significant events like early morning hypertension, irregular pulse rate, and even incorrect cuff posture. 
data from the app can alert users to concerning fluctuations in blood pressure. And all of this can reveal potential heart issues uh, that can then be followed up with your doctor. InBody says that the goal of the real-time blood pressure monitoring device is to offer users the flexibility and convenience of at-home real-time blood pressure monitoring that can help inform healthy lifestyle choices to reduce the risk of chronic diseases and to improve overall quality of life. So InBody has a host of different heart-healthy devices, uh, consumer devices that it's developed uh, through refining advanced BIA or bioelectrical uh, impedance analysis technology. And this has allowed the company to create devices that offer accurate biometric readings. So in addition to blood pressure monitors, the company also offers uh, a consumer whole body composition analyzer as well as a fitness tracker. Of course, with the COVID-19 pandemic having uh, really triggered a rise in at-home health monitoring out of necessity and need, um, the global blood pressure monitors market is expected to actually more than double from $1.49 billion in 2020 to, to th uh, $3.21 billion in 2028. So again, a real uh, huge market here. And I think InBody is kind of in the right place with this. Just wanted to get your thoughts about this in terms of um, I'm not sure. I think you guys are probably too young to be using blood pressure monitors, but hey, you know, it's, it's a good thing to be monitoring, you know, your um, biometrics like your blood pressure and other things. Um, so just wondering if you guys use any kind of at home health uh, technologies, wearable uh, health wearables or in things like that, like fitness trackers even. Yeah, I do use I, I we do have some um, blood pressure. Um, measuring devices for at-home use, but to be honest, I don't. I'm not sure if I can trust them because one of them is supposed to go around your wrist, and oh. and because it's around the wrist, I'm wondering like how how accurate is that? And the, mm -hmm. the the reason why I don't trust this one that we have, maybe it's too old. I have no idea. It's because I measure it once. And I measured again two minutes later, and it's a different result. And I can't trust it, right? Mm -hmm. So I think we really have to invest in something that's more reliable. And I think it's so important um, for people of any age to be measuring their blood that's pressure. True. Like even young mm -hmm. people, young people, you know, some of them may have even low blood pressure. I kind of um, have been having that issue recently, yeah. Yeah, if people feel like a little lightheaded Light sometimes yeah it could be the low yeah. blood pressure so I don't think it's just for the elderly but yeah some some of the blood monitoring devices I have at home I I don't know how accurate they are but I can see that this in body one it's like a cuff it goes around in the mid to upper arm mm -hmm. but I think that may be more um reliable, better, more accurate. accurate. And you know, that's a really good point you brought up about accuracy because with the oscillometric, the automated oscillometric technique, um, you know, in the past, there has been a critique of it, of it not generating, you know, or being accurate enough compared to the older methods. And so I think really uh, companies like InBody have really been trying to refine that BIA technology and to really um, create advancements to help improve accuracy. So that's definitely been a thing with these, I think, blood pressure monitors um, all around the at-home blood pressure monitors. 
Yeah, but I think it's so important for every household to have one mm-hmm. of these um, yeah. because if someone's not feeling well, you can measure their blood pressure right away and then you can see is it due to that because oftentimes Absolutely, it may yeah. be. It could be an emergency. Yeah. 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 I was just going to say that I don't even have a thermometer to check my temperature, <laughs> so I am not the best person to ask this question to, but I think it, we've definitely come a long way since the days of like, you know, those and I think many pharmacies probably still have them. But, oh, you yeah. Know, the, 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 the pharmacy uh, blood pressure thingies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel Don't like tell me was... as a kid you were you still go there for fun and sit down and put your hand in. <laughs> I might have. I think I, I think I just didn't know what they were for, but I would always see people <laughs> using them. Um, and it's great that, like, they're so much more accessible now and, like, probably don't hurt as much. Um, yeah, I guess this one wouldn't really hurt or, like, you know, apply too much pressure. Or, or, or does it? Um, I'm not too sure, but like I have one at home and it, it does apply a significant amount of, of pressure. So um, that's just, I think, a thing to be associated uh, with how yeah. the measurements are done. So I always wonder when the doctor is going to stop squeezing. I'm like, yeah, right, you yeah. get it by now? <laughs> Something's going to burst. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's just part of it, though. It's, 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 it's not too bad. Yeah. It's not bad at all. And I mean, these, this, uh, you know, the oscillometric technique that they talk about, like, um, you even have this in doctor's offices now, because I remember when I was a kid, they would have like the old method at the, uh, where, you know, they would use the stethoscope. I don't know if you guys remember and, and things like that, but now you go in and they hook you up to machine as well. So um, I think it's uh, promising that we've come a long way um, in this space um, in terms of the accuracy, but yeah, no, um get that thermometer Sydney and then maybe <laughs> the, the blood pressure monitor will come next well you know if I can never measure my temperature then I never have a fever so oh okay <laughs> no I'm right. kidding that's a really bad way or to you can or it. you can do the thing my mom does which is like put your hand on yeah your oh yeah, yeah. This, the, uh, <laughs> or the back the of my neck like which I don't trust at all though. Okay. <laughs> I do that to other people too <laughs> but yeah so that's that. All right. So the next story that I'd like to cover is uh, talking about Eli Lilly and its new investment into building new manufacturing facilities across um, the U.S., in the U.S., and in Ireland as well. So Eli Lilly, of course, has been Uh, part of uh, helping to fight the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Of course, it has two approved uh, COVID-19, two uh, monoclonal antibodies for the treatment of COVID-19. And I'll talk a little bit more about those later. So uh, Eli Lilly has announced that it's going to be investing almost $1.5 billion into new manufacturing facilities. Uh, to help boost production capacities worldwide. Now, the company is investing $1 billion of that budget into a brand new manufacturing plant in Concord, North Carolina in the U.S. And the -the state-of-the-art plant will be dedicated to manufacture uh, injectable products and devices using cutting-edge technologies. The rest of that almost $1.5 billion, namely $445.3 million, will be going towards a new manufacturing site in Ireland. According to the IDA 
in Ireland, which is an investment development agency that promotes foreign direct investment into the country. The project is awaiting approval and Eli Lilly is preparing to submit a planning application with Limerick City in Ireland and the county council in the next couple of weeks. In a news release from Lily Edgardo Hernandez, who is the senior vice president um, at Lily Manufacturing Operations, said that the investments are geared towards increasing manufacturing capacities to support Lily's entry into an exciting period of growth. So Lily says that the North Carolina plant will create about 600 jobs and the Ireland site will create 300 jobs and open up 500 temporary positions um, for the duration uh, of the construction of the facility. Lilly might be beefing up manufacturing capacities ahead of an important anticipated launch of its new Alzheimer's drug later this year. The anti-amyloid antibody is called Donanimab, and it will go head-to-head against Biogen's Aduhelm. And of course, Aduhelm continues to face a lot of controversy over its speedy approval by the FDA um, amid questions about its lackluster clinical benefit. Lilly is working to complete its rolling submission of its Alzheimer's drug to the FDA by the end of the first quarter, and the drug will be on the FDA's accelerated approval pathway. The construction of the North Carolina manufacturing site is slated to begin in 2022, and it will take several years to complete. The site is about 400 acres, which should provide enough room for the current project, as well as future growth, according to Eli Lilly. And Lilly said that it chose Concord, North Carolina, because of the manufacturing technology experience of the local labor force, its proximity to universities with strong STEM programs, as well as access to major transportation infrastructure. In conjunction with the new site, the new facility in Concord will allow the uh, company to strengthen relationships with local governments and universities and diversify its growing presence in the state. So actually in conjunction with another uh, investment that it began in 2020, and that was worth uh, $470 million. So that investment um, the company made towards North Carolina's Research Triangle Park. So these two projects, uh, again, will complement each other to strengthen their uh, presence uh, in the area there. Now in Ireland, Lily is going to be strengthening its presence um, that it's actually had in the country since 1978. And currently it has over 2,300 employees across its Kinsale Manufacturing Campus, Commercial Team and Global Business Services Center at Little Island in County Cork. In respect to its new Irish manufacturing plant, um, the IDA said that Ireland has made a name for itself as a life sciences and biopharma manufacturing hub. And so Lily is going to be able to tap into a tight-knit ecosystem of companies, communities, and universities with a strong STEM backbone, according to the IDA. 
And so the new facility will be expanding on Lily's manufacturing network um, for biologic active ingredients. And of course, um, manufacturing biologics requires uh, specialized technology and also specialized manufacturing facilities. Um, and so this facility will really play a key role in bringing Lily's robust clinical pipeline, um, including its promising Alzheimer's uh, drug that is slated to uh, receive approval soon. Um, to, again, like bringing all of these new therapies uh, to patients around the world um, is definitely uh, going to be supported by these new manufacturing facilities. So that need is definitely there as Lily is looking to expand its uh, different pipelines. So this also includes uh, the company's foray into RNA technologies, such as RNA editing. So last year, Lilly had announced a new $1.5 billion partnership with a Dutch RNA biotech company called ProQR Therapeutics. Um, and so the partnership will see them develop RNA editing oligonucleotide-based therapeutics for a wide variety of diseases. And as I mentioned, Lilly has also been at the forefront of the fight against COVID-19 with its dual monoclonal antibody treatments, bamlanivimab and etisevimab, that it developed in partnership with Regeneron. However, just uh, last week, the FDA actually revised the emergency use authorization for the drugs to limit their use because they cited data, uh, recent data that shows that they're highly unlikely to be effective against the Omicron variant. And uh, overall, again, Lilly's been pumping a lot of money into its global manufacturing programs. Um, so far in the past five years alone, it's invested $4 billion in global manufacturing and $2 billion of that um, in the U.S. alone. So the company says that it can expect um, further investments in manufacturing in light, again, of growth that it is expecting from the development of new treatments that it is working on for diseases like diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's, and autoimmune conditions. So just wanted to get your thoughts on this new manufacturing expansion, and it's really a global thing. Um, we kind of think about a lot of big U.S.-based pharma companies just being kind of relegated to the U.S., but you know, I wasn't aware that they had in such a strong program or in a strong uh, base in Ireland, so that was uh, interesting to learn about. Yeah, I think they will definitely need these manufacturing facilities. I guess when the R&D team, you know, comes out with a new drug or a new therapy, right, and, mm -hmm. and then it gets approved by the FDA, I assume that they will need to expand existing manufacturing uh, facilities. Absolutely. And I think um, we learned with the COVID-19 pandemic that you can never be ready enough, right? Like we saw with the vaccines, like it's like we have this pandemic or we could face an epidemic in, in the future, right? And we might need therapeutics, vaccines. And so I think it's really important for uh, these kinds of companies, you know, in pharma biotech to be ready um, at the, to be able to manufacture at like the scales that are needed, yeah, exactly. It was also interesting for me to hear the company's rationale for choosing those locations. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking like they would just choose a place which is next to a big city and that has kind of 
land, cheap land. And, and they'll be like, yeah, this is the place we'll set up. But <laughs> right. No, they had a lot of things going into there. They, they're interested um, to look at regions that have, you know, universities with mm-hmm. a strong STEM backbone, which I thought was amazing. So maybe they will be open to hiring and training new grads, which I, I, um, I would think that's really good. Yeah, absolutely. I I agree. And I think, um, like you mentioned, like the R&D and everything goes hand in hand, right? So it's, uh, nothing is disjointed um, in the drug development uh, process. And so I think it's really interesting and really important that they are aligned with uh, STEM-based institutions and universities in helping to develop their drug development programs. You know what is uh, they, what they do overthink though are the names of the drugs. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I, I, I thought that they go online, find a random word generator, and then is just that how it. it's done? No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I don't know how it's done. I have no idea. <laughs> well, for any monoclonal antibody is the MAB you have at the end, right? So monoclonal oh, AB is the I antibody. Yeah. So that that's cool. But then the the prefixes, the the, yeah. the, the, those are <laughs> very finicky. I was struggling with the Alzheimer's drug there. Yes. And especially it's an Alzheimer's drug. I don't know. I think it should be much simpler than that. Yeah. But these are, again, the scientific, you know, mm-hmm. names. So they'll have different commercial names. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, right. Sometimes even the commercial names are tough to That's pronounce. True. That's like true. the, like, uh, Community. Community, right? Community. Pfizer's vaccine. It was just better off being Pfizer, the Pfizer vaccine, right? Yep. I honestly, and I think it still prevails as the Pfizer vaccine. I don't think I've heard anyone actually say it in a normal conversation. So we dub whatever we want it to be, and that's what becomes normal. (laughs) Absolutely. That's so, so true. Yeah. And uh, community, actually, I wrote an article about like the, the, the names and, um, Moderna is spike vax, I believe. So community for Pfizer was a play on the word community and immunity, which I was like, I mean, that's a nice idea, but it was, it's just, yeah, a little complicated. <laughs> I would have never known that had you not told me right now. Yeah. <laughs> so, and there are actually um, companies that generate like, um, you know, they, they work in partnership with these drug companies to come up with uh, the commercial names. So um, I'm not sure they do some market research and, you know, there's a whole process that goes into that. Yeah. <laughs> well, first they've got to be made. So that's yeah. where <laughs> step one, you could call it whatever. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a, B, C, D or yeah. whatever it is. <laughs> All right, that's the end of this episode of the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you liked today's show, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Thanks, everyone, and see you all next week. Bye. 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 Thanks for listening to the X Talks Life Science Podcast. If you enjoyed our discussions today, please share the episode with your friends and colleagues, and be sure to subscribe in order to be notified when a new episode is released. To join in on the discussion, you can find X Talks on social media, email podcast at xtalks.com or comment on the articles directly. Links are in the show description. Take a moment to join our community at xtalks.com to get access to everything we have to offer, including webinars, job listings, virtual meetings, articles, and more. 
The views and opinions expressed in the podcast are those of the speakers sharing them. They should not be taken as professional advice and do not necessarily reflect the policy or position Honeycomb Worldwide. For further information, email us at podcast at xtalk.com. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next week.